We begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of Samach Gimel, Ahmed Beis, uh, six lines up from the bottom of the Ahmed, where it says, Bishleima. The Gemara here brought two braises explaining the Psukim and Parshish Mishpatim. Uh, one Pasuk it says, Imloyimotza uh, Aganev. Uh, one second, see the Pasuk over here. One, one is in Pasuk Vav where it says actually, Imloyimotza Aganev, that the Yishalem Shnayim, that you pay uh, double, Kefal. And then there's another Pasuk where it says, Imloyimotza Aganev, in Pasuk Zion it says, and then it continues in Pasuk Ches over there as well, Yishalem Shnayim. So twice, the potato says over there, twice the halacha of paying kefal regarding a ganav. Again, a person that steals, you pay back, you have to pay double of what you stole. So one braise said that both psukim are talking about a case where the person is toyin, tayin as ganav. We're talking about a shamer that's keeping an item and then the owner wants it back and he claims that it got stolen and really he's keeping it for himself. It's one mandama. Another mandama says, no, they're not both talking about Toyin Tainas Ganev. One Pasuk is talking about a Shemer, which is Toyin Tainas Ganev. Another Pasuk is talking about the Ganev himself, and he has to pay Kefal. So now the Gemara continues and asks as follows. It's fine, it's understood according to the opinion that says that one of those Psukim is talking about the Ganev himself that pays Kefal, and the other Pasuk is talking about the one that is just guarding the object. And he claims that it got stolen. So shape. So that's understood. So we have a source for the payment of Kefal regarding the Ganev and the Shemer that claims that it got stolen. El Ganev. But according to the other Braise that said that both of those Psukim are talking about the, the Shemer that claims it got stolen. Ganev Atzma Iminole. The Ganev himself that he has to pay Kefal. What is the uh, source for this? If you'll argue and say, once the Torah says that even a shamer that argues that it, or claims that it got stolen, that he has to pay kefal, so you don't need a pasuk for the ganav himself. You can learn it with a kavachaymer. If you just claim that it got stolen, you pay kefal. For sure, if you physically stole directly, that you should have to pay kefal for this. But you can't learn it from there. Why not? Because then I would say as follows. <laughs> then I would say that if you're learning, if the source of a Ganev paying Kefal comes from Tainas Ganev, so you should only pay Kefal like in the source where you're learning it from. And what, is, what, is the, what do you see there? Just like by a Shemer, when does he pay Kefal? If he claimed that it got stolen, only if he swore falsely that it got stolen. He wanted to patent himself of paying. You should only pay kefal if there's a shvua. So from where do you know that a ganav that steals has to pay kefal without a shvua? And the Gemara, according to this opinion, <coughs> he learns it out from the Pasik that Chizkiya discussed. Now, the truth is that the Gemara is going to bring a long discussion, a long b'raise to this Pasik, but what the Gemara really means to answer is that there's a third Pasik where it clearly is speaking about the ganav himself and it says there that you pay kefal. You see here, the, it's, in this Gemara, they have the, the Pasuk here on the side, the Mimotse, Simotse, Biyodoi Hageneva, Mishoyer, Adchamoyer, Atzeh, Chaim, Shnayim Yishalem. That's a third Pasuk where it clearly says that the Ganav himself pays Kefal. The reason the Gemara is not bringing just the Pasuk itself, but it's bringing the Braise, that's Tana de Bechizkiya, to explain the details of that Pasuk, is because when you read the Pasuk itself, it might seem like, that, yeah, it's saying a Ganev pays Kefal, but when? When does he pay Kefal? Only for an animal that was stolen, because that's the examples it gives. But the, the whole be- beginning of our Pedic was that Merube, that by, you pay Kefal by a Ganev, 
for anything, any object that you steal. So here in this b'risa, we'll see the limud of how we translate this pasik that a ganev pays kefal for any item that he steals. There are certain exceptions, as we'll see over here, what we learn from this pasik. Now, the ton of the Be'i Chizkiyah, explained that here in this pasik, there seems to be a lot of extra things here. Yoyim ha'shoyer u'geneve, it would be enough for the pasik to just say the words shoyer and geneve, and I would know to include everything else in this. What this b'raiser really means is, as we'll see soon in the continuation of the Gemara, that it would be enough if we would say shayr and geneve, and then it would be a klal, a prat, a klal, as the Gemara is going to eventually explain. And that would be enough to be ma'abra anything else that's ke'en haprat, that's similar to shayr and geneve, and you would know already that you pay careful for everything. Why does it say all the other details in the Pasuk? Chamoir, Atzeh, Chayim, and so on. Says the Brai Savaita, Ilokach, but if that would be the case, maybe then I would make the mistake to say that maybe this Ke'enaprat, where I say that you have to pay Kefal for what's similar to what it says in the Pasuk, maybe that has a very specific, very maybe that's very limited. Because Ma, Prat Mefurish, what's the Prat that's mentioned in the Pasuk? Asher, Karav Lagabi Mizbech, an ox could be brought as a carbon. I've called, maybe I would say also, which kind of animals is there a payment of kefal for only Only if you could bring it on the Mizbeach. So, so therefore the, the Pasuk has to say more to add additional things. So now, if it would say only Shair and, and Geneve, and you would say that it has to be similar to Shair, which could be brought on the Mizbeach, what other animal is similar to Shair that could be brought on the Mizbeach that you would say that kefal applies? Seh, that would mean sheep. Sheep are also animals that are brought in the Mizbeach. That's what I would learn out from if it would only say Sher and Geneve. Says the Gemara or the Braise, but then the Pasik spells out clearly Seh in this Pasik. So it already clearly says in the Pasik Seh. So we can't say that this Klal Prat is coming to teach me that what's similar to the Sher, that it can be brought in the Mizbeach, that's what you pay Kefal for. Now Seh says clearly in the Pasik that for sheep you pay the Kefal. So Hamani Mekayim Geneve. So when the Pasik here says Geneve together with Shayd and Seh, which as I mentioned, Gemara will explain, is it going to be a Klal or Prat Klal? What more is it coming to include that it's similar to what says in the Pasik that you always also pay careful for? Larab is called Dava. It's coming to include other things as well that are similar to the Shayd and the Seh, even if it can't be brought on the Mizbeach. Now what else is that? So the, the price continues and says, but if it would only say Sher and Seh, and I would have to think of something else which is similar to it, how would I define the similarity? So the price says, If a Pasek would say the example of an ox and a, and a, and a sheep and a, the word Geneve, which would then make it a Klal, a Prat, a Klal, and I would say that everything else should be included. So it's not necessary for the Pasek to say any other details. Why does it say afterwards in the Pasik Chamoir and Chaim? So it says the Braisa, no, Ilukach, if it would only say Sher and Seh, how would I understand this Klala Prata Klal? What does it mean that it has to be similar to the Prat that it says in the Pasik? The two Pratim it says here in the Pasik, Sher and Seh, are two animals that have the Kedusha of a Bechayre. So maybe the Halacha of Kefal, Av Kol, and things, other things that are similar, I say is only Dovra Kodesh Bechayre. Only something that has the Kedusha of If that would be the meaning of the Klal Klal, what else would I say is similar to this, that also has the Kedusha of Bechayr? I would say that that is coming to add and include even a donkey, that has the Din of Petah Chamayr, the Kedusha of Bechayr. 
But now, though, the Pasuk added the word Chamer explicitly, so you can't say it's coming to add this. It's coming to add the Chamer that's similar in this sense. Once the Pasuk says clearly Chamer, So now it clearly already tells us that the donkey is included. So So what am I going to then learn out from this Klal of Pratakal that we're adding something even more that's similar to what it says in the Pasuk? Let Abba is called over. I have to add even more. More things that are similar to the Prat, not only something which uh, you can, uh, which, which has the Kedusha of Bechayr. Now the Braise continues and says, If the Pasuk would say all these details, So then everything is already included. Why does the Pasuk have to say another detail? What does it say afterwards in the Pasuk? Chaim. Why does it have to say that? Says the Braise, If that would be the case, then I would say, Just like over here in the Pasuk, with all these details that it says, so it's all Balichayim, just animals. So I would say that Ke'en prat means that it has to be a living being, an animal. So then, what would be the limit over here of this to say that I include not only these animals, but I include all other kinds of Balichayim? But, when the Pasuk says the word Chayim clearly, so the Pasuk already says the word Chayim, which tells me that it includes all kinds of animals. So then the question, so then the question becomes, so it, you can't say that this Klala Pratakla, which is coming to add something which is similar to what it says in the Pasuk. And it's not Mufurish in the Pasuk. That it's coming to add all Bali Chaim. No, because that already is Mufurish in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says the word Chaim. So then what's, what do we learn from this Klala Pratakla? The Rabbah is called Dovar. It's coming to add, called Dovar, it's coming to add other things, other objects, even things that are not Bali Chaim. That's the conclusion of the Braise. So the point that you see that Chizki, a ton of the Chizki is coming to learn from this Pasuk of here is, the Klal of Prat, the Klal is coming to say that you pay careful for anything that a Ghanav steals, not only the various different restrictions that we said before, whether brought in the Mizbeach or Kudush's Bechayre or only Balichayim. No, you pay careful for any object that's stolen. That's the conclusion. He doesn't say anything about living everything else, just saying that in the Pasuk, in Matzi, Tzimatzi, the other Ganev, it's not a Yishalim. One second. The Himatzi, Simatzi, that's what the Gemara is going to focus on in a second. I'm talking about, just leave out, leave out the words, Shere, Tamer, this, Matzi, the other Ganev, Shalom, and Shnaim, Yishalim, that will include everything already, because we don't have to worry about all the things Okay, okay, this is, we're just starting this. There's a lot coming here. The Gemara is going to explain it very exactly how you, Read this Pasuk, the Gemara is going to go through now three different Tefanim of possibilities of how you interpret this Braise and how you learn this Pasuk. So, so, put on your seatbelt. Let's go. Talk to Gemara Azai. Oh, Mama, what did it say here in the Braise? So, first, the Gemara translates the, the simple words of what the Braise says. The way I explained it the whole time is that the Braise is trying to say that we have a Klal Prat, a Klal here in this Pasuk. And we're trying to figure out what's the Ke'en HaPrat. What are we going to learn out from this? But if you look in the words of the Braise, it's not what it sounds like. Because what are the words of the Braise? Yayma shayr u It would be enough if the Pasuk would just say the words shayr and gneve. That's it. But the question is, shayr and gneve, is that what it says in the Pasuk? Miksiv shayr u Does the Pasuk say first shayr and then gneve? What's the Braise saying? That it should say just shayr? And then after the word shayr, it, it says gneve. But that's not what it says in the Pasuk. It says it the other way around. It says first Geneve and then it says Sher. Okay, so now, 
what, what the Gemara is really asking is, what's the difference if it says first Geneva and then Shoir, or if it says first Shoir and then Geneva? The difference is, if it says first Geneva and then Shoir, that's what's called a Klal Uprat. The Torah first says it in a broader sense, and then it says Shoir, which is very specific. And when the Torah writes a Klal and then a Prat, what we learn that out, so then it would be only Shoir. You can't be marred by anything else. If the Torah writes first Shoir and then Geneva, so then what does that mean? The Torah is writing a Prat, and then it's saying a Klal. The Klal means you marbe everything. You don't, you don't exclude anything from that. Right, so over here, the Gemara is asking, the Bryce is saying that it should say, that, that, that it, why isn't it enough for the fact that the Torah says Shoir and, and Geneva? But that's not what it says in the Pasuk. In the Pasuk, it first says Geneva, and then it says Shoir. How could the Pasuk stop there? If the Pasuk would stop by Shoir, then I would say that it's a Klal and a Prat, and, you, and the Kefal is only by the Prat of Shoir and nothing else. So now, if you're going to touch the words of the Brisa a little different and say as follows. What it meant to say is, The, the, the Brisa is not saying that it should stop after the word uh, Geneva. Or, or, sorry, after the word Shoy, that is. It could say Geneva, and then Shoy, it should stop right there. What the Brisa is saying is, why wouldn't the Pasuk switch around the order? If the Pasuk would switch around the, the order, that's what it means to say. So, so uh, Gmar now actually is asking over here, is, could that be what the Gebraise is saying? That the Pasuk could switch around the order? The Pasuk should first write Shoir and then write Geneva after that. But if that's what the Gebraise is trying to say, so then how could then the Gebraise continue and say, that just like the Prat is a Shoir, which is brought in the Mizbeach, so too other things that are similar to the Prat that are brought in the Mizbeach. How can the Brayse continue saying that? If the Brayse means to say that it should say it in the opposite order, then it would say Shoir first, and then Geneva. So then have a Shoir Prat. Shoir is first a detail. O Geneva Klal. And what's the rule? When you have a Prat Uklal, when it says first a Prat, and then it says a Klal, Nasa Klal, Moisuf Prat. The Klal comes to add more than the Prat, that you include everything. You marb everything. That's the way it works. Once the Torah writes a Prat, then it writes a Klal. You come and add everything. Visrabal who call Mili. So that's not what the Brayse here means. If it continues and says that if it would only say Geneva and Shoir, then I would say that it's Ke'en Prat, that it's similar to the Shoir, which is brought in the Mizbeach. Elo, we have to go back... To what we suggested before this. The Pasuk over here, sorry, the Brais over here is talking about the order of the way it's written in the Pasuk. That it says first Geneva and then it says Shoir. And the Brais is saying it would be enough if the Pasuk would just say Geneva and then it would say Shoir. But the question comes back. If the Torah would just write Geneva and Shoir, how could the Brais come and say that that would be enough? I would know already that everything is included. Oh, or then afterwards the Brisa goes on to explain, no, I wouldn't know that everything is included, because I would say, Maha Prat Mefurish. Brisa goes on to say, I would think that it's similar to the Shoy, which is only brought in the Mizbeach. How could the Brisa say all of this? Havale Gneve Klal. If it first says the word Gneve, so Gneve is a Klal. And then the Shoy Prat. Afterwards the word Shoy is a Prat. Klal o Prat. Prat. So then the rule is, if the Torah says just a klal and just a prat, the prat limits and says that it's only this and nothing else. Shoirin midyachrin aloi. So what's the pshat of here in the b'raisa? So therefore the Gemara comes and says, as I learned and explained the b'raisa before, that really the b'raisa means to say, not only that it should say geneva and shoir. Those two words alone would not be enough. But rather the b'raisa means that it could have just said geneva and shoir and also the word chayim 
afterwards it would have to say, because then that word Chaim would be another Klal, and that would be a Klal, a Prat, a Klal. Let's see. Omarove. So Rav says, Tana Achaim Kasamach. When the uh, Tana says that it could just say Gneve and then Shoir, he doesn't mean stop right there. He means Gneve and Shoir, and then afterwards you have to write the word Chaim. Chaim means any living being, so that's another Klal. So a Klal, a Prat, a Klal, Kamale. So now you have a Klal, a Prat, a Klal. Okay, now the truth is that right over here, after the Gemara, uh, after Rav says this, there is a question that comes up based on this because. <laughs> what the Braise before said is that the word, in the words, in the simple words of the Braise, it actually said in the end that the word Chaim is extra. The Braise question. The Braise goes through all the different words and it says in the, in the, in the Postic, right? It says, why does it have to say Sherdafke? Then why does it have to say Chamer? Why does it have to say the word Se? And then it goes on to ask, and why does it have to say the word Chaim? That's what it said in the Braise. But now, according to the way Rav is interpreting, the word Chaim is for sure not extra. We, we need the word Chaim in order for this to be a Klal, a Prat, a Klal. Gneve, Shair, and Chaim. So what does the Braise mean when it says, regarding the word Chaim, that the word Chaim is not teaching me anything? So Rav is going to continue explaining this in a moment, but the Gemara here interjects and, and asks a question regarding this Klal, a Prat, a Klal. But how could you say that this is a Klal, a Prat, a Klal? The, the Klal that's brought in the beginning, which is the word Gneve, and the klal that's brought in the end, which is the word chayim, is not the same kind of a klal. And the rule is, when you have a klal, a prat, a klal, usually the first klal has to be all-inclusive, and the last klal has to be a similar kind of all-inclusive klal. Over here, the word chayim includes all kinds of animals, but it doesn't include everything or any object like the word geneva does, so it's not, it can't be used as a klal, a prat, a klal. Says the Gemara, ha, tanad be the Tana of this Braise here, it holds like the Tana by Rabbi Shmuel, the Kehai Gavne, Doresh Klali Prati. He does Darshan a Klal Prati Klal, even when the second Klal is not as all-inclusive as the first Klal. Now she says, the Gemara in Chulin brings an example for this, where Rabbi Shmuel said this. So it still is a Klal Prati Klal. Okay, but now, coming back to the point that I mentioned before, why does the Braise say in the end that there's a problem with the word Chaim, that the word Chaim is extra in the Pasuk? It's not extra. That's the Klal of Klal. So Rava continues and explains, You're right. The word Chaim in the Pasuk is not extra. Rather, the Braise is asking another question. The double Lashen, in the beginning of the Pasuk, what's that coming to teach me? That's really what's bothering the Braise. The word Chaim in the Braise is part of the Klal of Prata Klal. But what is the word Himatsi Simatsi doing there? And that the Braise actually does not give an answer for. And now the Gemara goes through the details of the Braise again, the way Rav is interpreting it, until we'll come to the end of the Braise, where we'll see that the main question that the Braise really is asking is about the double lotion of Himatsi Simatsi. Let's see. So the Gemara goes through the same thing again. Let the Pasuk just say Shayr and Geneva Vichayim. And now we add over here the word Chaim, and now we know that it's a Klal, a Prat, a Klal, Bechlal. And that should include already everything else that's similar to the Prat. <coughs> says the Braise, but Ilu if that's what it would say, then I would say, just like the Shayr is brought on the Mizbeach, only something that's brought on the Mizbeach. So therefore, the Klal, a Prat, a Klal cannot be just with Shayr. So now, if you would say that that's the Klal of Prat Klal, what would you include? What else is brought in the Mizbeach? You would say it includes a Seh, a sheep as well. But then, but now, Keshoim is Seh. Therefore, the Pasuk spells out the word Seh clearly that Hare Seh Omer. 
So that's not what the Klal Pata Klal is coming to add, because that it says explicitly. So what am I learning out from the klal uprat the klal that I see from the words geneve sher se and chayim? is called over. It's coming to add other things that are not brought in the mizbeach. But still, now we have to understand why it says in the brayse uh, even more than this. So it should say only these words, which is the klal uprat the klal And I know to add more things. Why does I have to add in the brayse the word chamoyer? Says the Gemara, because you look any, you say, "Ma prat mufurish dova kolish bebechayre." I would say that if, if it only says shayr and seh, I would add only other kinds of animals that have a kedusha bechayre similar to shayr and seh. I've called over a kolish bebechayre. Ma yesh lachol havi. So what would that come and add? Chamayr. That would be a donkey as well. But now kishoyim a chamayr. That's why the Torah wrote over here explicitly the donkey because I rechamayr over. You can't say it's coming to add a donkey which also has kedushas bechayre because that's explicitly in the pasuk. So why does the Pasuk have to write the word Geneva, meaning this Klala Prata Klal here? It's coming to add more than just a Chamar. L'Rabba is called Dovor. It has to be adding more than just this detail of something which is similar to what it says here in the Pasuk in the sense of Kedushas uh, Pachar. Okay, so now we know why it has to say Chamar as well. <clears throat> to, be, to clarify that the Pshad and the Klala Prata Klal is to add even something that does not have Kedushas Pachar. <coughs> so now the Bryce continues and says, So now, Yoimar Geneve. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but it says that, it says explicitly in the Pasik. It says Chamer in the Pasik. So the Klala Prat, the Klal, has to add something more, which is Ke'ena Prat. Not only what it says explicitly. So what else are we coming to add? It has to be even something that does not have Kedusha of Bechayr. But before, Huh? Very good. So that's a klal prata klal. First gneve, then the details shir chamor se, and then again another klal which is chayim. That's a klal prata klal. <coughs> Says the Gemara yoimar. If so, now the question is yoimar gneve v'shir v'sev chamor v'chayim, and that right here you added your klal prata klal with all these details in order to help you clarify what exactly the ke'ena prat is that it shouldn't be so restricted, but it should include more things and v'akol b'chlal. And I could learn out everything from here. That any other thing that's similar to what it says here in the Pasik, and that's not only with the restriction of what's brought on the Mizbayah or Kedushas Bukhair, but any other object as well, any other movable object. And I would know that it all is high to pay careful. So what's the Gemara really asking? According to Rav's Pshat, the question at this point over here is, is not that the word Chaim is extra, because Chaim is part of the Klal of Prat The real question that the Gemara, that the Braisa means to ask is, is like Rava pointed out before, the double Lashon of Himotzei Simotzei in the beginning of the Pasuk is extra. That is what the, the Braisa here is asking. <clears throat> okay, so what's the answer? But if that would be the case, I would say, that I would think that over here, what is the Ke'en prat? The Ke'en prat is only Balechayim. I've called Balechayim. So I learn out from, if it would just be the Klal prat the Klal, I would say that I'm only marba other things, even things that don't have Kedushas Bechayre, but I would say it's only Balechayim. So that's why I have to have the extra pasuk of Yimotzei Simotzei to say even things that are not Balechayim. Okay, but now the Braise continues here, the question continues, but no, the Emes says you don't need Yimotzei Simotzei to come and say that even objects that are not Balechayim are included in Kefal. Why not? What are you saying? The extra words of Yimotzei Simotzei are coming to add that even other kinds of animals are also included in uh, in the paying kefal, but keshuay mechayim, 
What is the actual klal of prata klal? The, the last klal over here is the word chayim. Hare chayim amor, the word chayim, doesn't that mean any kind of animals? So you can't tell me that it's coming to include other animals that are not like what it says here in the Pasik that are brought in the Mizbeach, or that has Kedushas Bechayra. The word Chaim itself should already tell you explicitly that it's coming to include other things. So Hamani Mekayim Geneve. So over here, the Klal Prata Klal has to be adding something more than just what's Mufurish in the Pasik. Since in this Klal Prata Klal, it already uses the term Chayim that's coming to add all kinds of animals. So what else is the Pasik coming to be Marba? That's not Mufurish in the Pasik. It must be things that are not just Bali Chayim. Let Abis call Dover to add other objects that are not Bali Chayim. See, if so, the conclusion here is, The double Ashton of Imotzi Simotzi remains extra. You can't tell me that without Imotzi Simotzi, I would not know Bali Chayim. No, the word Chayim means all Bali Chayim. So what is Himotzi Simotzi coming to add? This is the conclusion of the Braise. This is how Rav explained it. The Braise is finishing off with a question. That Imotzi Simotzi is extra. So the Gemara goes on and explains, If so, this Braise is actually asking a very good question. We have a, a Klala Prata Klal, and the Klala Prata Klal already ans- tells me that the payment of Kefal is regarding any object, not only animals. So what is the Himotzi Simotzi coming to add? So the Gemara explains, the answer is, Mishum de Islay Pirche. Because, no, to say that the Klal Prata Klal itself already comes to add other things that are not Bali Chayim, that could be refuted. Because, Larab is called From where are you learning out? That not only Bali Chayim, but other objects as well, you pay Kefal for this. Miklal Basra. It's because you have here this Klal Prata Klal. Again, the first Klal is the word Gneve. Then you have the Praten between Sher, Chamoir, Seh. And then you have the word Chaim in the end, which is the second Klal. But the thing is though, Klole Gufe Chaim Ksivbe. We hear when the Torah writes the second Klal, it changes from the first Klal. As the Gemara pointed out before, the first Klal, it's all inclusive. And the second Klal, it writes a term Chaim, which means living beings. So Klal Prata Klal, Mai Mahani So if so, if the Torah, when it wrote the second Klal, it wrote specifically the word Chaim, so then what is this Klal Prata Klal coming to teach? So you call Dovor, if it's coming to say even other things that are not living beings, but a Chaim Ksiv. But the title was specific in the second Klal, where it wrote the word Chaim, which means, It's only Chaim and not anything else. Okay, so what the Gemara over here is saying is that the, even though we have a Klal of Klal here, but nevertheless, because it's writing the word Chaim, it's changing the, 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 the Klal in the end, that it's not as inclusive as the first Klal of Klal, even though we do darshan this as a Klal of Klal, as the Gemara brought before from Rabbi Shmol, but nevertheless, if the Torah wrote the second Klal only with the term Chaim, I would still say that it only includes only living animals, not anything else. Therefore, the Torah writes to tell me that you pay careful even for objects that are not Palichayim. <clears throat> That's uh, the answer to this. Okay, but now the Gemara asks another question on this. Omri, but the question on this is what's th- this, this limit that we're learning out from Himotse Simotse? How are we learning out from this Himotse Simotse? What, what did, I mean, this is really the Pshat and the Gemara before as well. What did we mean over here all this time when we're saying that you could learn out from Himotse Simotse, the two, the double Lashna of the Simotse Simotse? Well, how are we learning out from this? So the Gemara asks these two words, Himotse Simotse, if you find any Geneva, it's two general words that are written right near each other. If they're written right near each other, so how are we learning out from this? 
So in other words, the way the Gemara understands over here that you learn out from the two words, Yimotze, Yimotze, is that this is part of the Klal of Prataklal. If we would just say the word Chayim, then I would say the Klal of Prataklal is limited to living animals. Now that it says Yimotze, Yimotze, this, this adds to the Klal of Prataklal. It sort of reinterprets the Klal of Prataklal that it should include even things that are not living animals. But the thing is, Yimotze, Yimotze is not part of this Klal of Prataklal. Those two words are written separately together. So therefore, the Gemara adds another detail to this. Omer so Ravines said, Kid Omri b'Marove, like it, it's explained in the Marove, which is in Eretz Yisrael, Komakim shatamaitze, shnei klolis, asmuchim zelaze, if you find the Torah writes two klols that are right near each other, and then afterwards there are details in the Pasik, Hatel prat b'neyem, you split these two clauses that are here and you throw the details that the Pasik later specifies in between the two klolim, v'dainam b'klala prat, and you could dash in this as a klala prat, a klala as well. So over here as well, when the Torah writes himotze, simotze, so what's the klala prat, a klala? Ravina is changing from what we said before. Before we said, what's the klala prat, a klala? is the first klala, Chaim is the second klala, and Sher, Chamer, and Se are the pratim in the middle. Says Ravina, no. Once the Bryson, the end says that we have the extra words, himotze, simotze, now himotze is the klala, Sher Chamer and Se is the Prat, and then the second word, Simotse, is the other cloud that comes after. It's a different cloud of Prat, a cloud, not Chaim and Geneve, not those two words. And the Gemara now will explain how this works. Huh? No, no, no. The Himotse, Simotse is a cloud of Prat, a cloud. And this is a new cloud of Prat, a cloud that Gemara is saying now. No, because that's the rule. That's. When you have two words that are a cloud together, and then you have the Pratim, in the Pasik, the way to read the Pasik is to split the two Klalim and to put the Pratim in between the two Klalim. And that becomes now the Klala Prata Klal. Okay, so therefore, how do we darshan? So, Shadi Shair Beni Matse So you have the two Klalim, Himatse and Simatse, you put the word Shair in between. Right? So now this is the Klala Prata Klal here. La Suye Mai. So this is saying that anything else that's similar to this Prat of Shair is also included in Kefal. What is it coming to add? If you're going to say that it comes to say that you pay kefal for any bali chayim, but it already says over there in the Pasik chayim. So I know that you pay for any living animals. So that's what we learn here from this kala pratiklal that you pay kefal even for any other object, even not for bali chayim. That's the kala pratiklal that you learn up. And then simotse, and in between you have the word shayr that comes to say any other object as well. What's the prat? So this is something which the Pasik says explicitly. Which is it's a movable item. and it has value in itself. Anything that is movable, which as we learned before in the Gemara, that excludes karka, and which excludes documents, which doesn't have value in itself. So that's uh, what you pay careful for. That's the limit from the word shayr. Now, but it also says chamayr. What do you learn out from the klal of prat klal that it says chamayr in, in between? Has to come and add something more. That's ke'en prat. Visu, now again, shodi chamayr ben You also throw the word chamayr between the two klalim of imatzei and simatzei. So now, what more are we adding from this klal of prat klal that we added now chamayr here? Lasuya mai, what else is it coming to add? If you're saying it comes to add other objects that are not living beings, that I already learned that from the word shayr, as we just said. 
Ella has to add something else. It's coming to add anything that's Mesuyim, according to Rashi's Pshat, a Dova Mesuyim is anything that has an indication on it, a, a simon on it. That's when you pay kefal. Or as we mentioned, other Rishayim learn, a Dova Mesuyim means it has to be something that's defined and specific, not if you steal something which is undefined. Okay, so now we understand what that, that the Chamoir is doing here in the Pasik, according to this Pshat. But Ihochi, but now the question is, oh, will remain, sell Amalit. What's, what's the word salve here in the Pasuk coming to add? So this, the Gemara actually stays stuck. According to this Pshat of Ravine, we have here the Klal of Pratiklal, Himotse, Simotse, and then in between, it says already the word Chaim, so we know all living animals. It says the word Shair, which means all objects. It says the word Chamoir, even all, it's coming to tell you this detail has to be something with a simon. Even though, by the way, Chamoir, Rashi explains, Chamoir is not something that necessarily has a simon, but because it's an extra word, that's what we're marbe. But now, why does it have to say Seh? According to this understanding of the Klal of Pratiklal. So then we may, remain actually stuck with this Prat. And the, therefore the Gemara changes. And the Gemara here brings a third Prat. Ella says the Gemara, in this case, Riba umiit. When it says first, Himatse Simatse, and then it says the details in the Pasik, we don't dashen it as a Klal of Pratiklal. Rather, we dashen it as Riba umiit Viriba. Who? What does Ribu Miet Ribu mean? It's different than a Klala Pratiklal. Klala Pratiklal means you only include things that are similar to the Prat, which is going to be more limited. Ribu Miet Ribu means you include everything, and you only exclude one detail. Miet means that you have to be Mimayit something, but otherwise we'll marb everything. So because the Torah wrote, he must say, si must say together in the beginning of the Pasik, that shows you that here you don't dash in Klala Pratiklal, you dash in Ribe Miet and Ribe. And the Gemara brings another place for this where we find a similar thing. The Tan of the Be'er Rabbi Shmol, the Tan of the Be'er Rabbi Shmol, Bamayim Bamayim. In the Pasik where it talks about the signs of a kosher fish, so there in the Pasik it says, Ezeb Teichel Mikolash Bamayim. And then it says, Kolash Snapevikaskeses Bamayim. And then, it's, so in the beginning of the Pasik it says twice Bamayim in any pool of water. And then after it says the two Klolim, it says, Bayamim or Banacholim. Oisam Techelo. Then it, it spells out, Bayamim, Banacholim, where the oceans are streams. So over there he says, Bamayim, Bamayim, Beis Pamim, because it says the two Klolim first together, twice. And then later it says the details of Bayamim and Banacholim, Einza Klal Aprat. We don't dash in it the way we usually dash in, which is a Klal Aprat, a Klal, that we only are going to be marbe what's similar to the Prat. El rather, Riba Umiyat Viriba. You dash in it in a different style. Riba miet and riba, which means riba hakol. Yamarbe everything. My rabbi, rabbi komil. Yamarbe anything. And over here in our case, the Gemara is coming back to our case. Yamarbe the payment of kefal for everything. But you also have to be mamayit as well. But you, know, you don't have to be mamayit only something which is ken haprat, but there, there are certain things you have to be mamayit. So now the Gemara is going to explain what exactly are we mamayit. The details that it says over here in the Pasuk that we're talking about, the Shur, the Chamer, the Seh, and Chaim, all these things, what are we being marbe? Memayit, that is. So the Gemara explains, Chad Lamuti Karka. One of these words is coming to be Memayit, that there's no payment of kefal when you steal Karka. The other one is to exclude if you steal a slave. The other one is coming to exclude Shtaris. Those are the three words of Shur, Chamer, and Seh, to exclude these three things. So it, it comes down to the same uh, to the same point that we said before that if it's a dover hamataltal the gufay momen then that's where the payment of kefal is which exclude these three things but this is the final pshat of the gemara that we're not darshaning with a klala prataklal rather we're darshaning it with a riboy miyat and riboy and therefore we know to be marba everything but these three details of shaykh hamayr and se are mamayid these three things as we just said. 
But now we still have those two extra words in the Pasuk according to this Pshat. Geneve v'chayim, the two words of Geneve and Chaim, what are they teaching us? Now that we're saying that we're not darshaning the words Geneve and Chaim as the Klal Prata Klal, we'll, we learn out already from Himotse Simotse to darshan Riba Miet Riba. So what are those two words of Geneve and Chaim doing here in the Pasuk? Says the Gemara, that's a different Rosh. Look at the Rav. Is Rav Darshan? The Omar Rav said, "Achye lekeren keen shegonav." That you have to give life to the keren and pay it the way its condition was when it was stolen. This is something we're going to learn about in the Gemara in the next daf. That when you have a behemoth, let's say that you stole, and you have to pay back the principal, the keren, for what it was. Well, let's say the, the value of the behemoth went down, or the body of the behemoth doesn't have the same value as it was when it was stolen. You have to give it back in its life the way it was when you stole it. That's what these two extra words of Geneva and Chaim are saying. Give it life, give it back the way it was when you stole it. Okay, Atkan. This is all the explanation of the Gemara, according to the opinion that says that this is the Pasik, which is the source that you pay careful for a Ganev. Now the Gemara comes back to the other opinion. Laman, the Omar, according to the other opinion that we learned on the Samach Gimel, Chad Beganev, Chad Betoyen, Tainas Ganev, we already have another two psukim. And we already have a source for Kefal for the Ganev. The Ganev, Atzmai Nafkele, Mimi Motse, Yimotse the other passage that we quoted, where it says Yimotse Ganev, that's talking about the Ganev. So, hi, in Himotse Simotse, this third passage of Himotse Simotse that we're discussing here, my daughter's bay. According to him, this is not the Pasuk that's the source of the Kevul for the Ghana. We have another Pasuk. So what is he dashing from here? And says the Gemara, he learns from this third Pasuk a different thing. What do I learn from here? My time the Rav. What's the source of what Rav said? The Omar made the If a person admits something, which is a payment of a penalty, but and and even if after he was made, Adam now testified that this happened, Potter. But once he was made first, he's going to be Potter to pay. We, what's the source for this? That being made patters you of paying knas. We had this rule already earlier in the Masechta. This is the source. This third pasuk here. The extra two words of imatze simatze in this pasuk. What is the drasha uh, here? Imimatze be'edim, if this was found to be, not by you admitting, but by edim, then timatze be'dayanim. Then the dayanim, the judges will come and say, oh, this is found and you have to pay the knas. Prat That excludes someone, it wasn't found by edim, but he incriminated himself, he admitted himself, you don't pay knas. That's what this pasuk is coming to teach. Says the Gemara now, according to the other opinion, that's a tupsukim we had before on Dav Samach Gimel. Those tupsukim are talking about Toyantainis Ganev. So now this pasuk, as we saw before at length, this is coming to teach about the payment of Kefal for the Ganev himself, this new halacha that we're saying here, that if you incriminate yourself, you don't pay Kefal, or any knas for that matter, we, what's the source for that? He learns it out from another pasuk, Ma'asher Yashin Alakim. Only if Alakim, which is the Bezdin, they are incriminating the person through Aidim, then he pays. Not if you incriminate yourself. Now, what does the other opinion do with this pasuk? So according to him, the source that if you incriminate yourself, you don't pay. He learns it out already from Himotzi Simotzi Lemashia Satsmai. So hi, Asher Yashion, my Dorish Bay. This other pasuk, Asher Yashion Alekim. What is he dashing from this pasuk? Amalach, I'll answer you this point that if someone incriminates himself, you don't pay knas or kafel. There are two. Scenarios to this. Hahumi Bayale, he learns from there, the potter. That there's two cases. There's a case where a person's Maida and the Knas, and then Adim never came afterwards. 
that in such a case he doesn't pay the knas, then you need a, another pasik to say again that when he's maida himself, that he doesn't pay the knas, and that's even if Edom did come afterwards, that he still doesn't pay the knas. So that's why, according to this opinion, we have two psukim that are coming to teach the halacha. According to the other opinion, that both of the psukim that we brought before on the Samach Gimel, they're both talking about Toyin Tainis Ganev. And this Pasuk of Yimotzei Simotzei is talking about the Ganev. So I only have one Pasuk to teach that if he incriminates himself, he's Chayev. He holds that you only need one Pasuk to say that if a person incriminates himself, he's Potter because... The only time your potter is if Adam didn't come afterwards. In that second case that we just said, that you incriminated yourself, and then Adam came, in that case, he holds you're going to be chayiv. So you don't need a pasik for that to say that you're potter. Okay, this is the source. The Gemara brings this a lot of times, that there's always an argument about this. When a person incriminates himself, and then Adam come, are you chayiv or potter? So here we see the two opinions, whether you learn or not from Himotze Simotze, or you learn or not from Ashari Yashin, you have an extra pasik to teach that as well. The opinion that we said that one Pasik is talking about Ganev, another Pasik is talking about Toyin Tainas Ganev. Those are the first two Psukkim that we brought before in Dav Samach Gimel. The Naftale Ganev Mehosam. So you're already learning out the halach of a Ganev from an earlier Pasik. So now, what did he say? The extra Pasik of Himatse Simatse is talking about a different thing. It's coming to tell you that when you incriminate yourself, you're Potter. So the question though is, that the pasuk, the extra words he is coming to teach like Rav Bar Eloi that if you incriminate yourself, you potter. I will call Hani Prati Lomeli. All the details that it says here in the pasuk, which we spoke about before at length, Shair, Chamar, Seh, Chaim, all those details. Why does the pasuk have to say if the only thing that it's coming to teach is just this detail that if you incriminate yourself, you potter? It says the Gemara, they're all taka extra. And this is something Rabbi Shmuel says in another place. Rabbi Shmuel said, Sometimes you see in the Torah, it says something, and then it repeats a whole parsha. Even though it's repeating many details, it's only repeating it for one thing that you learn, even though all the other details are extra. So here as well, all the other details are taka extra. Okay, but now the Gemara comes back again according to this opinion. Again, this is all according to the first opinion that's brought in the Samach Gimel, that the, the two times that it says in the Pasik, Im Yimotzi Aganev and Im Lo Yimotzi Aganev. Those two times over there, in that Pasik where it's speaking about a Shaymer, one is talking about Toyantain is Ganev, and the other one is talking about the Ganev. So, Frek the Gemara. If you're learning it out from those psukim there, so maybe I should say that the Ganav only pays Kefal with a Shvua. Because in those psukim, it says clearly a Shvua, as the Gemara pointed out before, because in those psukim, it says over there, Adalakim Yovid which means a Shvua. So maybe you should only have to pay Kefal with a Shvua if you're learning it from there. It says the Gemara, that can be, as it says in the Braise, Rav Yaakov, Shnaim, Yishalem, the Torah, it says, you pay double, you pay kefal, Shalei B'Shvu, it's without a Shvu. You say that a Ganav pays kefal without a Shvu, maybe you do pay only with a Shvu. So Rav Yaakov says, no, this can't be. Now he doesn't explain, the Gemara explains, why can't you say that? Omer Abayek says that the very fact that the Torah has to say two psukim, one for Toyantain is Ganav, and one for the Ganav himself, that itself is the proof that a Ganav pays kefal without a shvur. And the Gemara mentioned this Svara before already. Because, 
Not necessary for the Torah B'chalal to say that a Ganav pays Kefal. And I would say that I know that he pays Kefal with a Kav from the Shomer that claims that it got stolen when he pays Kefal. If one that claims that he stole it, it came into his possession because he got it as a Shomer. The Torah says if he claims it got stolen, he has to pay then Kefal if he has it. Ganav atzma to be surasal yodel lekol shekan a ganav that went and physically stole it be iser for sure he should have to pay kefal el shnayim shalom the kosher rachman of a ganav atzma lomali why is the Torah specifying that a ganav himself pays kefal it's coming to say that for l'shaloy b'shvua that even without a shvua without swearing falsely he also pays kefal that's what we learn out from here but now the gemara concludes one more point here this is a question on all opinions v'hai im himotzei simotzei we just we said before what we dashed from himotzei simotzei. Whether we dash from there the chiv of kefal by a ganev, whether we dash from there pratla marshia satzma, that if you incriminate yourself, you potter. It's like the gemara lahochi yudasa. It's coming for these drushes that we said before. We need the extra words yimatzis yimatzay for what Abraisa learns from here a different thing. What does Abraisa say? Yodoi, when the Pasik says that the, the ganev is found in your hands, be yodoi, it says there in the Pasik. I would think that we're talking only about a ganev that you have in your hands. How do I know if it's a Geneva that's found in your domain? Whether it's your rooftop, your courtyard, or Karfif, which is another kind of domain. How do you know that there you have for the Geneva to pay Kefal as well? The double Lashon of Imatzi teaches that it doesn't have to be only in your hands. Wherever in your property it is. So how can we say we learn the other Drashas of Imatzi if in this Brayas it says you have to learn this Drasha? Says the Gemara, there's room for two drushes. Because Im can lay mikra, oi, he mot say, he mot say. Let the Pastic say the double lotion and not switch the language. It could either say, he mot say, he mot say, oi, ti mot say, ti mot say, using the same word. Midishani kra, the, the fact that the Pastic not only repeats, but it uses a different word, so the change of word, shmami notarti. I could learn a second drush as well, as we said before.